Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my, get, and my guest is Keith Jehola, Senior VP of Sales and Marketing at Old Mill Brick. Keith, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, thanks for having me on. So Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. We are a full-service B2B podcasting agency, and we help brands use podcasting as a fun and efficient way to have authentic, non-salesy conversations with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. You can learn more at tribknowledge.com. So Keith, tell us a little bit about your background in marketing and about Old Mill Brick. Sure. Yeah, I started my career in sales, but then I got an, an MBA, and, and after I got my MBA, that's when I began to add uh, marketing responsibilities to my portfolio. So I've been in building materials since 2006 and selling for you know, a variety of different companies, you know, window and door related companies, distributors, and so on. And in 2014, that's when I took on a, a much bigger marketing role with a, uh, the company I was working for at the time. I was overseeing sales and marketing for uh, what they called their pro channel, which was really just their distribution channel. And it was the first time that I began to understand the complexity around marketing a product to an end user or an influencer, but then also trying to drive those sales through a distribution channel. Hmm. So who am I really marketing to? You know, who's my target? You know, what's mm -hmm. the message I need to deliver? And then after I've created that interest, what do I do with it? So back in 2014, digital marketing was just starting to come up as a tool and uh, and something that everyone was was needing to do as just a core competency and they were getting away from traditional marketing like advertisements in, mm -hmm. in magazines and in trade publications i left that company and after a brief stint in distribution i joined old millbrick first to build their commercial sales team and then to run marketing the commercial element for old millbrick was the new the new division for them old mill is a 17 year old company selling exterior veneer systems and interior veneer systems for brick and stone and other things. And it started off as a DIY company. So sold mm. e-commerce through its own website, but then also through Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, and other home centers. And they began to recognize that they had an opportunity to move into commercial residential construction. So getting away from you know, onesie, twosie sales to homeowners and, and getting more into formal commercial. So with my background, selling through distribution, selling directly to contractors, working with architects and other influencers, and understanding just the sheer complexity of the building materials channel, I was asked to take on that challenge. And it's a really interesting one because Old Mill you know, has the, the reflexes and the skills of a DIY marketer, not a commercial marketer. So the traditional marketing tools didn't necessarily work. If mm. we wanted to reach an architect who is designing a 10-story high hotel, seeing an influencer do a transformation of a backsplash in their home isn't necessarily going to resonate. So we had to rethink a little bit our marketing. First thing we did is we just sort of went back to basics. In building materials, you know, you've got a lot of folks you could sell to. You could sell to a distributor or a contractor. Uh, you could sell to a building owner or an architect. And so we, we basically tasked ourselves with answering three questions. Who's our highest value customer? What is our unique selling proposition to that? customer, you know, meaning what's the problem we actually solve, and how do we communicate to that audience? And so after, you know, coming up with some approaches and some strategies, you know, we, we figured out through iterating through a few things that one of our highest value targets was the architect, and most mm -hmm. specifically an architect who works with the building envelope, the exterior of a building, and is 
familiar with working with exterior veneers. And when I say an exterior veneer, I mean uh, a thin brick, a stone, or a tile. And you know, one of the things that not a lot of folks know when you see a brick building or a building that's got stone or something else on there, that is a veneer. That's decorative. It's not structural. It's not holding the building up. Uh, we don't build buildings with bricks from the foundation up to the top of the building anymore. You know, we have more modern construction techniques, but we still want to have that look. And so brick is used as a veneer to give the design the look of an old brick building. So, you know, we need architects who are familiar with those sorts of things and, and understand the considerations of using a veneer, something that goes on the exterior of the structure of a building. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks for that. So, by the way, my wife is an architect. So, ah. so, I, so I like to hear that, you know, architects are high value yeah. targets. <laughs> That's good. I've, They're you know, extremely important. Yeah, yeah, I think my wife is a high value target. Sure. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> You're like, uh, sure, whatever you mean by that. Okay, so <laughs> now, <laughs> now you've mentioned architects a bunch of times. Yeah. And when we talked before, you said that one of the challenges there with them is that they can be a little skeptical about, you know, marketing, trying new things. You know, they have the kind of materials and processes that they like that work. It can be kind of risky to try something new. So what what are some of your strategies for, you know, when you're trying to get them to try something new? How do you get past that initial skepticism? Yeah, and, and you know, while many people in building materials will say they're frustrated by an architect's lack of interest in a new product or a new system or service, it's completely understandable. Architects don't want to take a chance on something that has the potential to damage that firm's reputation potentially lead to a lawsuit or even damage their own personal reputation if they're a new architect and they're looking to make a mark. You know, most architects are looking to grow within yeah. a firm and become partner and making smart decisions, you know, is one of the ways to do that. You know, so getting past that skepticism, you know, we've, we, we do a few things, you know, so first off, there's been a little bit of a, a change in sort of this normal mindset, the skeptical mindset of the architect. And most of it is driven by the pandemic. The first thing is the pandemic caused supply chain issues. Yeah, so the traditional mm -hmm. products that architects were used to using, in some cases, just weren't available, or they're tied up in the ports, or you know, because of the the spike, the the amazing spike in demand that we've seen over the past few years, products just not available. Secondly, yeah. we've lost a lot of labor, and a lot of that labor that we've lost was skilled labor. So folks who knew how to do the the tricky stuff the really detailed installations. And so you combine those two things and it, it drives people to, to begin to look to evaluate new products and new services. Yeah. So I really can't take credit for that. That was just a sea change that happened as a result of the pandemic. But another trend is that younger architects are coming into the field. And while the, the field, at least the folks who make the decisions who are the true specifiers are, are probably still the more experienced seasoned folks, the newer folks are coming in with a different mindset. You know, they're more tech savvy, the more open to creative approaches, and they're more willing to look for new information via digital means as opposed to traditional means, meaning a salesperson coming to the office and showing off samples and things. You know, in fact, uh, one of the, the companies that does research in our space found that 32% of building material specifiers used a new brand last year. Now, that may not sound like a lot, 32%. That's huge. That was like 8 or 9% is the traditional you know, adoption rate for new products mm. within the industry. So the pandemic really accelerated things. So, you know, what are the strategies to persuade folks to move on to new things? Well, we've got to reach 
we've got to reach the architects where they're at. So there's there's two traditional outreach methods. One is a more active method that most folks in building materials use, which is trying to influence the architect through a lunch and learn session. So architects mm -hmm. are licensed, and one of the licensing requirements is they have to get continuing education units. So that means they have to sit through classes put on that are licensed and authorized by the AIA, the, the governing body for architects. And they sit through, the, through, through those sessions to get make sure that they're up to date on what's going on and, and see new things. So all of us in building materials exploit that. We, we develop courses that, are, that have to be submitted to and approved by the AIA. And once they're approved, uh, we can then go to architectural firms and say, we'd like to you know, do a lunch and learn and present our AI presentation on whatever the topic is. One of the, the limitations on that approach is the AIA says, this can't be a commercial. You can't just walk in and say, our product, it's so yeah. great, does everything, fixes everything. We have to truly come in and educate. So we talk about a topic specifically, but our products in specifically or even vaguely. So what we may say is, here's a problem mm -hmm. that's commonly faced in the building envelope. Here are a number of solutions. Now, we may wink, wink when we get to ours, you know, just to make sure that we're, we're notifying them that we have a solution. But really, what we're trying to do in trying to persuade and influence them in that session is, A, convince them that we are a subject matter expert. We know the, the building material envelope. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that when they have an issue or when they're looking to evaluate something, they'll come to us. Secondly, you know, we're hoping to, through that session, draw awareness to them of a particular problem or issue that maybe they're facing or one that they could potentially face. You know, as uh, building codes evolve or as research shows that certain things, you know, aren't working as well as the code believed that they would. And as a brief example, you know, a number of years back, they wanted to go to airtight buildings and they wanted to make sure that there was no air moving between the buildings. So that was thought that you control the environment inside, isolate the environment outside, you reduce thermal, you know, transfer. You know, that's going to be good for energy efficiency. Well, actually what happened is by trapping the air in the buildings, you created sick buildings, as they said. You know, the air wasn't circulating in and mm. out. So the codes evolved and changed and they had to come up with a, a way to health in a healthy way, make sure that air was going through the building in and out while maintaining thermal envelope and, and so on. But that was just one of those things where we would give a presentation on that kind of thing and then talk about the solutions to get to that. You know, some of the other ways to reach out and influence architects, there's a lot of online databases out there that keep a list of jobs that are ongoing. I could go in right now and see all the jobs mm -hmm. in state of Nevada or or in Illinois. I could then see who the architect of record is on that job. And as a salesperson, I can make a cold call to them and just say, hey, I see that you're the architect of record on you know, this job on LaSalle. I'd love to talk to you about my products. That tends to be a pretty low success approach, but still everyone does it. You know, and then the last is you know, outreach through trade shows. Mm -hmm. you know, architects are who go to trade shows are always looking for new products mm -hmm. and services. So hopefully we catch their eye and good, have, have a, a meaningful conversation in some sort. But the number one way that we are really mm -hmm. persuading architects right now is more of a passive approach. So those previous approaches are active approaches. It's salespeople going out and doing salespeople things. Uh, the passive yeah. approach is a marketing-driven approach. And that is to utilize your website as your best salesperson. And so... I mentioned that there's a newer wave of architects coming into the industry and they're digitally focused. They're used to seeing the world through their phones. They're very comfortable going to their phones to learn 
you know, about new information. And so what we do is we develop, we have to develop an effective strategy to make sure that our website catches the interest of an architect who is looking to solve a problem. So the, the previous approach I discussed with these lunch and learn sessions or trade shows or so on, yeah, that's a top of funnel or above the funnel strategy. You're generating a lead, but you're not necessarily mm -hmm. generating demand because you know these folks have to take a class. You're the person offering the class. They sit through your lunch, and yeah. hopefully, you know, you make an impression. But you know, you're not coming to them saying, "I have a, I can solve the problem that you have right here, right now," because that's not necessarily the case. But you know, with an architect who goes online and searches for continuous installation thin veneer systems, which is a pretty wonky search term, but that is one that is a problem that's directly solved by my product. So if an architect is looking for something mm -hmm. like that, I have to structure my digital presence to make sure that I can capture that interest in that traffic. And you know, you've talked to other digital marketers and they talk about keywords and and you know search terms and different things that have you know search volume attached to it. You know, we've done the same thing. But we look for long tail search terms. So if I search for, if I try and buy the keyword installation, I'm going to get, you know, it's going to be a high cost, high cost, low return search term for us. But if I put thin veneer systems mm -hmm. or continuous installation veneer systems, yeah, those are very specific things that speak to very specific problems that architects have. And even if that returns only a couple hundred, you know, hits, you know, a month, those are really valuable hits for us. And if we get two to three of those a week, customers who find us through either those search terms or through the SEO work we've done on our website or through the other content we put on the website that's searchable, then we're capturing interest mid-funnel. So ideally, if this all works together, we've got the content, the search terms, the keywords, uh, the SEO all set up so that when an architect types something into a search engine looking to solve a problem, they find us. So we're not necessarily influencing them. Mm -hmm. We are just being found when they have that problem. And the good news is they come in mid-funnel. So they've gone fast qualification. You know, now they're, they're evaluating yeah. you know, solutions. And then we can step in and have a really meaningful conversation with those folks. Mm -hmm. Okay, great overview. Yeah, that sounds like a solid strategy. Between the the lunch and learns, the the active and the passive, very interesting. So, um, sure, a couple questions here to kind of wrap things up. First, what's yeah, been your so main it, focus? Yeah, you know, because this is our strategy. You know, we we've got to make sure that we're we're, we're focused on the the metrics that are going to drive that. So, we're very process driven at Old Mill Brick. So, everything that we do has a specific numerical target attached to it. So one of the things that's important is, you know, within building materials, I said that, you know, there's a number of customers and we feel architects are the highest value. Well, there's also a number of channels and we think that two have the highest value for us as well. So you could go to hospitals, you could go to the government, you could do schools, but two segments we feel have a lot of potential for us are hospitality and the residential construction. And so one of our main focuses in Q1 is pe penetrating into those channels by generating X amount of deals and X amount of leads and, and contacts. So expanding our database and expanding the number of folks that we talk to within those segments. The second focus is making sure that we're generating a continuous and consistent stream of mid-funnel leads into our pipeline. 
So that means you know we're always looking at our marketing, tweaking the message, ramping up the ad spend, changing the ad spend, turning off the ad spend, testing out different messages, just trying to see what's going to create engagement. You know which you know what baits catch in the fish today. Yeah, so it's it's just changing the message up to make sure that we're getting a consistent mm-hmm. uh, stream of those folks who have demand right here, right now. So any good digital marketer will tell you that they're constantly testing mm-hmm. and looking for what's going to generate the best return on that ad spend. We're we're the same, even though we are selling brick, you know, which is the oldest building material in the world. We're mm-hmm. trying to take a, a a very digital marketing forward <laughs> right. approach to how we are found by our customers, but also how we promote ourselves to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's pretty cool juxta- mm-hmm. juxtaposition, actually, the, the ancient and the brand new. Pretty cool. <laughs> so what are the top three KPIs yeah, so that you're with commercial sales? It's, it's a long lead, you know, sales lead cycle or lead, uh, sales cycle, excuse me. So, you know, from our first conversation, if someone says, yeah, I got to use your product, it can still be 12 to 18 months before we get used. And part of it is because there's so many products that have to be evaluated and selected. And then you got to dig the hole, lay the foundation, you know, put everything else in. So what we look at is the number of new deals coming into the pipeline every week. And we have a specific number and we discuss it every week. The total pipeline value, you know, are we bringing in, you know, the reasonable quantity of dollar value deals that are going to generate the revenue result we need? And then the mobility of the deals within the pipeline. So, you know, are are the deals moving through? So are we moving from one stage to the next? Are we going from interest to specific information requests? Are we going to demos and samples? And you know, as we have more deals that have momentum, a good value to them, and a consistent stream of them coming in, then our revenue becomes a little more predictable. And we can say, okay, we think in Q3, we're gonna generate this much based on the deals we have in place and so on and so on. And so you know, taking that emphasis, you know, again, we're looking for the right customer every single time. We're not looking to just generate interest. So we go to specific events. We participate in specific, you know, marketing initiatives to target our highest value customer who is going to be most receptive to our unique selling proposition. And fortunately, that's been working. You know, we've we've seen our sales increase nicely, 35% last year. We're on track to more than double this year. And the way we're going to do it is by making sure that we're always having a continuous stream of those high-value deals coming into our pipeline. Yeah, sounds great. So finally, what do yeah, you and your team the, hope to accomplish The thing we're always talking year? about internally is, you know, how how do we, you know, keep fine-tuning our approach to target that that customer? You know, what's the message we need to to make and what's the best way to convey that? message. So going back to the first things I said, you know, who's our highest value customer? You know, what's what's our message to them and, and how do we communicate it? So it's it's coming up with the the most effective ways to communicate our message. You know, we're a small company. You know, I didn't mention this at the outset, but we're you know 21 million last year, hoping to grow to 25 million. And so we're resource mm-hmm. limited. You know, we have a good sales force, but you know we don't have uh, hundreds and hundreds of salespeople and marketing folks and business development reps and so on. So we've got punch mm-hmm. above our weight and we've got to generate 2x or 3x return on everything we spend money on. And you know, what we hope to accomplish is to continue to fine tune that strategy and the tactics that support the strategy so that we can always reach our high value target audience and convey you know, the message we want to convey and get that engagement. So we're getting this continuous stream of, of deals into the pipeline. 
Great. And I'm sure all of our listeners, especially those in relatively small companies, know exactly what you're talking about, can definitely relate. So, oh, you Lakeith, no, thank, thank you, you for that. Really thank you for a great on. discussion overall. Really enjoyed it. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.